I'm Sharon Brett Kelly, and this is the sound of Lake Rotoma lapping at the road. It's already started to surround the public toilets right here. This is just a reserve straight off high, State Highway 30 between Rotorua and Fakatane, the main road. And I've just arrived here after spending several hours with Phil Thomas, he's a, a local community board chairman. And we've been driving around just looking at the damage these flooded lakes are doing. They're eating away at the side of the road, they're in people's houses, they are, they've covered parks and playgrounds, they have caused businesses to close down, children can't go to school, people are having to drive for an hour and a half to get to work instead of 20 minutes. It's cut people off from their local communities, from their social lives, and Phil Thomas calls it a slow-moving disaster. I'm going to say out of everything we've looked at today, this is the first thing that shocked me. Really? I can't believe how much higher this is than when I was here three weeks ago. We're looking at the toilet block, the public toilet block, and last time I was here, it was still a metre out of the water. Now the water is lapping at the doors. A really sad thing is 300 metres down the road is fantastic playground that we put in just before COVID. It is now, there's, if you see pictures of it, it's just the roof of a little playhouse for the tots that was there. That's about it's all that's the tops of the swings. That's about all that's visible. The rest of it's underwater. There was beach between it and the lake. Today on The Detail, I'm looking at the impact of months of heavy rain on Rotorua's lakes in the central North Island and why it could be months before some residents cut off by flooding are reconnected with their communities. Phil Thomas is showing me some of the worst hit places, including the famous Waitangi Soda Springs hot pools, now closed because they are swamped by floodwaters. On my way to some of these isolated bays, I come across something quite unexpected in the fast-flowing Kaituna River, which is the outflow from Lakes Rotorua and Rotuiti. This looks like a rescue operation. Several firefighters are in the river. Oh, there they are. They are doing some more stuff further down, so there was another opportunity. So there's a, a kind of a current going this way, yeah, this way and around. one swirling around. So they're swimming against it at the moment. Oh, Brendan, hi, I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Brendan Grills, group manager of the Fire Station. I happen to be here by coincidence doing a story about the high lake levels. I'm actually making a podcast about it, but can you tell me what's going on here? Yeah, at the moment, um, Foreign Emergency New Zealand is setting up uh, water rescue teams and um, training our people in, one, working safely around water and also uh, a rescue capability as well. You're a local person. This is quite unbelievable, isn't it, the river at the moment? Yeah, and I guess the worrying thing is it is the beginning of winter. So, you know, in our planning um, and modelling is the levels are only going to get higher. Is that right? Yep. Because they're at record levels now, aren't oh, they? I think some of the lakes are at record levels already. And, um, you know, with saturated ground, high lake levels, 
Um, we're only going to get more rain over the next few months, being winter, so um, that has to go somewhere. You're keeping an eye on some of those roads around the lakes that are, that are pretty bad right now. What's your biggest worry? Is it you know, that people will get stuck in their cars or is it houses falling down or people getting stuck in lakes? What is it? For us who are working quite closely with Rotorua Lakes Council, it's almost a slow moving flood. So as the water level rises slowly in the lakes, it's slowly inundating roads and, and housing. So it's not a swift or a, or a quick change. It's more about if we have a road closure, how do we get our resources? If there is an accident or a fire, um, yeah, it's about finding different ways um, to get to that event. Be safe thank on the road. Yeah, thank you. See you later. We're driving along a gravel back road to Ōtautu Bay at Lake Rotuehu, where the boat shed, picnic tables and roads are underwater. And the settlement's fastest, easiest link with Rotorua is cut off. Whoa, it's windy, windy, windy. OK. So this is where our worst flooding is. It's just disastrous. And, and I was here maybe two weeks ago, and I would say the water level has risen about 120 mil, but it's come inland about 10 metres. The water is just keeping coming in and there is no way for it to go away other than seepage and evaporation. So yeah, there's no as outlet, long there's as no river. There's no outlet from this lake. So as long as we keep having these heavier than usual rainfalls, the lake is going to continue to, to fill up. And we've had... Just, you know, to give you an idea, in the Rotorua district and around these, this lake, Rotoehu, and the neighbouring lake, Rotoma, for the last 18 months, we've had double or treble the monthly rainfall practically every month for the last 18 months. This is sort of like your typical little lakeside community, isn't it? Some really lovely little uh, old batches, and oh, here's a, this is a beautiful big new house here. Yeah. It is and, and look I've lived around these lakes my whole life or been around these lakes my whole life and um, a lot of people have a batch down here and want to retire to them. They might have yeah. to rethink now right? Yeah well and you know I'm, long term is something we have to look at Yeah. but that is for the future. We know short term there's nothing we can do to hold the water back um, but we're wanting to make sure that, that people are looked after and get supported. I think I'm going to have to piggyback you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you might have to. <laughs> we're off to meet Adrian Holmes at his holiday home, but to get to him, we need to climb over neighbours' fences and trudge through the lake. OK. It's not just the lake level, the ground. Ooh, yeah. Now this is lake. This is lake that I'm wading in. So, Adrian, this is your holiday home? Yes, it is, yes. So we had a house um, further up, which um, would probably be the right spot to be right now. Um, but, but your yeah, dream was to be the dream. Front. The dream was lakefront, and, um, yeah, we worked very hard to get here. And, um, yeah, so now we're in the lake. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. regretting it? Uh, not yet, no, no, no. I mean, it's uh, it's been since January, and I know it will subside. I think the uncertainty of the future is, is certainly where you know where things are um, a little bit complicated. 
Um, but, you know, I think the water will recede and, you know, the weather patterns will change and we'll be back to normal one day. It started in uh, January, so the, the house started flooding downstairs due to groundwater, um, not lake water. So it was just pure saturation of the land and the water was coming up through every crack it could find in the concrete and wherever it could and it was in the house then. And it was quite interesting going through the emotions of that and saying, okay, well, I want to keep the water out, you know, but it was impossible to beat. So eight hours of mopping and then you sort of get get your head around it and say, you know what, this is a waste of time. Is it a case of it's the weather. You know, the government, the council, the yeah. authorities, nobody yeah. could have done anything. No, absolutely not, no. It, it is 100% the weather. Um, now we're facing the lake coming into the house as well as the groundwater, you know. So, you know, this is a new problem and the lake brings a lot of rubbish with it. The weed and the debris and the small fish and everything else that comes in. Mm. Um, so that's that's why I've sandbagged all around the front to try and just stop a lot of the weed and, and stuff that gets blown in via the wind because that then starts to smell and you, you sort of get dead fish in there and, and you end up with a few other issues. So yeah. um, Also rodents, you know, so rats, um, they make their way in. Um, frogs, pukago. So, yeah, there's plenty of wildlife Wildlife. going on. So you've done, what, as much as you can Mm. now to Mm. really protect the the property. Yeah, now we're really at the mercy of of when this this, um, retreats, Mm. the water retreats, Mm -hmm. really. Waiting for the retreat. Yeah, yeah, we're certainly not the only one anymore. We were the first to go. Oh, were you? Yeah, but, you know, as you can see, it's keeping going. So, you know, the the houses you can see from here, there's, there's many affected now. And what about people in this community? Anybody mm. thinking of getting out? Um, I think we all think that and we go through that emotion and saying, you know, what's going to happen to this place? You know, are they going to allow us to, to continue living here? You know, there's certainly some permanents in the bay as well as holiday makers. Uh, so I know that with the road closed on the way in now, we've got issues with, you know, people can't even get to school. The kids, there's, there's people home, there's about five children not going to school mm-hmm. in the Spain now um, because of the, the hefty drive all the way around, whereas this, the school's only three kilometres away. Crazy. They've got a 47-minute drive or something now ahead of them to go round, and, you know, sometimes that just doesn't fit in with parents' work and so forth, So and there ain't no bus. No, and yeah. you can't go by boat? Not not really, because, I mean, there's no boat ramps left. They're all underwater. Oh, of course. No jetties. Or, and obviously post, rural post and that sort of stuff, they're cutting down to just a couple of times a week. And, and um, rubbish collection, I think, is still okay. But, um, you know, think of things like gas bottles. You want your gas bottle refilled. They're kind of like, yeah, no, we don't really want to come out there. Mm. So there's another issue. And power, people are starting to lose power, and I'm probably not far away. Is so, that right? Mm. What, what so will it reckon, take? Because you've got the power um, yeah, unfortunately, pole right up there. Yeah, my power fusing is on the ground there, that yeah. green box you can see. Yeah. So that's... The water's oh, lapping at it. It's already, yeah, yeah, it's already hard. Yeah, probably a quarter of that's underwater. So I'm predicting 100 mil would probably I'll lose power to the Gee. house altogether. The company have been out here, looked at it and said, yeah, this is a, this is a, a problem. We'll put it in the emergency zone. But, you know, eight weeks later, we've heard nothing. Um, chase them, chase them, chase them. Nothing's happening. So I think you get your head around it eventually and you yeah. just go, well, okay, no one's injured or hurt or whatever it is, bricks and mortar. 
um, and we chose to be here. I mean, so, what are your um, options long term? We know short term mm, you've got to sit and wait. Yeah, long term, like if they can work out some sort of way to control the level of the lake, that is the, the ultimate answer for us. Um, we get the value back in the property then um, because people can sort of, you know, be assured they're not going to have this. Mm. Um, but that isn't easy. No, because there's um, no outlet. There's no outlet. You know, they can obviously pump water, but, um, you know, another option would be can a reservoir, overflow reservoir being built anywhere? Is there any low-lying land that can be tunnelled through to, you know, allow the lake to drain into, even though that water will just sit there? Mm. You know, it may, may help. Um, otherwise, can we get it into a stream and out to the coast? But, of course, when it's at this level, everyone's hurting and, and so is the coastline. Yeah. So, yeah. No, no easy answers. No, um, no. You know, back in the 71, when this flooded last time, they lifted the level of the land and the road here. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. So, unfortunately, not far enough. Mm. <laughs> but how would they know? Um, so, yeah, I, I guess studies have to be done and and things have, need to be looked at. Adrian, there's something else going on here. I mean, we, we're standing here. You've got a double-storey house and it's mm. um, the water is still, what, three metres below but what you're saying is that it could still be threatened. The top floor could still be threatened by water by flooding because of the neighbouring lake. Correct, yeah. So whether it would get up this high, it would be pretty devastating for a lot of houses if it did. But, yes, we have an issue where um, Lake Rotomar is, is at capacity and it's only 500 mil away from overflowing. Um, when and if it does that it's naturally going to flow into this lake and double the catchment is what happens then. So we're not only taking on our own catchment area into this lake, we're then taking on Rotomar's catchment area as well. Um, so all of, the, all of the hills and the farmland and everything that's draining into, into Rotomar will effectively end up in here. So this, you know, if that happens, it's never happened before on record, but if it does happen, then we're in the possible situation where we could go up at least another metre, metre, you know, metre and a half perhaps, you know. That's a game changer for a lot of houses in here. A yeah. lot more get flooded. And or can they be lifted up? What are the options yeah. to say, okay, this is this is on now. Can we save these houses? Is there any point in saving these houses? You know, this is this is a big game. And so, so far this has kind of been a slow creep of, you know, yes. you've watched this. But if, if Rotomar... Mm overflows into Rotuehu, yes. that's a, that's, that could happen very quickly. Absolutely. And, yep. and raise those levels very, very quickly. Yep, that's right. So most people here are aware of the situation and a lot of people are choosing to move um, a lot of stuff out of their houses now that, are, that know that could potentially be affected with a, another metre rise in the lake level. So there are people starting to clear out for that eventuation if it does happen. So and again, mm. n nothing can be done about it because no. Rotomar doesn't have an outlet either. No, so neither of the lakes are managed by anyone apart from Mother Nature. So it's a natural course of events that's going to happen. And yeah, to to sort of put it in perspective though, um, if Rotomar does get to that level, then a lot of State Highway 30 is underwater. So there's no road from east to west to east or whatever, you know. So it will be, you would not be able to pass through that road 
from Rotorua to Whakatane. So oh, that's, that's that's a the major. Main road. Yeah. That's the main road. Yeah. State Highway 30. So that would be a lot of that. You know, would be 500 mil underwater, and they're just not going to allow traffic through there. So it's a disaster for you know on on a couple of levels, the housing, you know, the properties, but also the roading and infrastructure. Whatever happens to infrastructure, you know. Mm. And what are you being told by, you know, the experts or the authorities about the likelihood of this happening, given, it, you know, we're, we're getting record amounts of rain mm. month after month? So they're, they're currently doing studies, I understand. So there's been nothing formally released. So I think they're flat out trying to work that out right now. There's been no indication of whether it will or will not happen. If it does, you know, the impacts of that, but I'm sure they're they're pretty f- flat out trying to work on that as yeah. we speak. In Kennedy Bay, just five minutes drive away, Julie Rigger is at home baking bread. She's one of a handful of permanent residents in this little settlement. You can just whip up bread at a moment's notice and you don't need the shop. Well, and that's just as well, actually, yes. that you don't need the shop because no. the shop is now how far away? Oh, well, it takes about an hour to get to the shop now, and it was Does just it? across the water before. Yeah, well, just across the water, so we, what are you talking about? The flooded road. Yeah. Mm. And that would have been... Five minutes. So you really are, in, you're isolated now, whereas yes. before you weren't... No, really? we had a lovely, we do have a lovely community. How has your life been affected? Well, I, I feel really sad about the community at Rotomar um, because they have community events like on Saturday night last it was the community dinner so there's all these things that happen and we're cut off from it now and also you know um, civil defence if, if there should be a major calamity then it's over there that we are supposed to head for safety Oh how, how do you do that? We can't get in now. a boat but there's nowhere to launch a boat because the jetty's underwater. Yes, well, I could get in my kayak, but a few of us are going to get together next week or the week after and see if we can make a little plan for here. A civil defence plan? Yeah, we're oh, just okay. a meeting point, and one lady's talking about getting a defibrillator. You know, just to make sure that should the worst come to the worst, we have somewhere safe to go. So it's. I just feel a bit separated from them. What's the thing that worries you the most? Is it that civil defence aspect of things? I'm worried about other people, really. I can't say I'm terribly worried about myself because I live so far up the hill that I don't think I'm at risk, but long-term I might be at risk. But I came here knowing what the lake behaved like in the cyclical fashion. So oh, you it's did. not a surprise to me. At the moment I'm concerned about the men who can't get to their work at Kawaro and the children who can't get to school and the lady behind me who can't get to her job at school and has to work from home and we're all talking and tr- trying to as a community to come up with solutions to these things. After driving for nearly an hour, I'm with Phil on the other side of the flooded road that's cut off Julie and other residents from their community. This is the journey that would normally take five minutes. 
The road runs along a narrow piece of land between lakes Rotoma and Rotoehu, and water is everywhere. And you can oh. see, just as we're coming around the corner, you can see the, the, the flooded road. And look, a lot of people will know the soda springs yeah. at Lake Rotoehu. You can smell We're just it. coming down past them. Yeah. Yep. Even look at the it. car park is underwater. The changing sheds have water in them, and even their little house now. Yeah, and the, the pools themselves are totally flooded. They're unsafe to swim in now, so they've been closed. So you can see just where we're walking up here now, how, how far the, up the road the water is coming. Yeah. I think I have to say also, at the moment, it's Rota Ehu that's really suffering because of this road closure, making life difficult for everyone who lives there. But... If the lakes get much higher, we're going to see Lake Rotomar overflow onto State Highway 30. Now, State Highway 30 is the only direct link between Fokatani and Rotorua. If State Highway 30 is underwater, if it had to be closed, it is a huge disruption, not just to locals, but to freight movements to logging movements to everything in the area to have a huge impact and the trouble there is that we're already seeing the road being threatened by by the lake levels but it's it's out of everybody's hands i think that's the thing that um i mentioned to you earlier what what we're working on is preparing and getting ready and being able to help people that's really all we can do because we can't stop it raining. And until it stops raining, this problem doesn't have an end. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Phil Benge. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Phil Thomas, Julie Rigger, Adrian Holmes and Brendan Grills. Kakite anō.